Each week, we talk about Veteran-Owned U.S., which is a veteran-owned business directory. This is where you can find veteran-owned businesses not only in your local area, but also online businesses as well. If you're a veteran-owned business and you'd like to list with us, check out VeteranOwnedUS.com. Whether you're searching for a new product or service, or you're a veteran-owned business that would like to list with us, go to VeteranOwnedUS.com. This podcast is sponsored by Uncana, Trusted Natural Solutions. Uncana is a leading voice of advocacy for CBD in the veteran LEO and federal communities. Veteran-owned and operated, the Uncana team is actively fighting for DOD access to CBD with political pressure, community support, and a simple message. Hashtag OpNatural. Uncana is vertically integrated with industry leaders from seed to sell, supplying premium small batch products to America's best. Use code MENTORS, the number four, M-I-L, at checkout at uncana.com to receive your amazing discount. Read the Mentors for Military Disclaimer at mentorsformilitary.com slash disclaimer. Mentors for Military Podcast. Josh, man, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I want to get into what it is that you're doing because I'm fascinated by it in the first place. Um, Everybody out there loves to get out and do some gaming. And there was a period of my life where I did the same thing. And of course, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that do that today. But you get to do this for a living. So I want to get into this whole conversation about how the hell did you end up doing that? Yeah, man. Um, I'm pretty much living the dream. I mean, every boy's dream, at least, growing up, we're like, we want to play video games all day and do nothing else. Um, before the Army, that's all I did. I mean, I had sports in high school, but I played competitive Halo, Halo 2, so I used to travel around and do what I'm doing now. Just Oh, really? Yeah, 12 to 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was called Major League Gaming, and that was pretty much the inception of console gaming, and I was right smack in the middle of it. Um, I probably peaked too early. If yeah. I would have stayed in it just, you know, two or three more years, I probably wouldn't have joined the military. I would have just kept doing that. I was going to say, there's I, a pretty good living off of that, right? Because of all the sponsorships and everything There is else? now. Yeah. Back then, I mean, the biggest event, the World Cup, if you will, the teams were only getting about 100 grand. Okay. Now, the guys are getting three to four million for winning. So, it's just exponentially bigger. So, the purse, the, the overall purse is three to four million or the individual gets three to four million. The overall purse for like the the winning team it's usually split between three to five people. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like second place, third place. That's they're that, get, they're getting paid out as well. Yeah, so yeah. I'm saying it's not out of that three to five million dollars. So it's exactly. Th- oh my god, wow, that's yeah, I mean, they're giving they're giving out like eight to nine to ten million for the whole event. Wow, that's per game. You know, it's not just like as gaming as a whole. It's like League of Legends has that pool. Counter Strike has a pool. Like they all do their own money. I mean, was it one of these things that you just discovered when you came on board in the army or did somebody reach out to you and go, you know, I heard about you back in the day and we want you on the all army team, you know? Uh, so about, I think it was about 14 or 15 months ago. I don't really check my AKO or whatever it is now, mm-hmm. but the army sent a mass email out saying, we're starting an army esports team apply here. And I was like, 
yeah, okay, trash can, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, this can't be real. Yeah. Um. Even though it came to the official account, right? Right. Still, I'm like, eh, yeah. weirder things have happened. Right. And um, yeah. So I, I trash canned it. I was in group. I was like, there's no way I can do this anyways. Um. Then a, a couple months later, my, one of my buddies, I guess, is part of the program, and he reached out. He's like, hey, I didn't see your application. I was like, oh, that, that was that was real. He's like, well, I turned it in for you. I was like, thanks. <laughs> um. So he. <laughs> He's an old Ranger Regiment guy. He's been in competitive gaming since I mean, about about my time. So he put in my application for me. I got contacted like, hey, we know you have experience on the professional level of gaming. Can you still do it? And I was like, uh, yeah, but I need 10 to 11 hours a day to get back on that level. Like a lot goes into it. And they're like, done. And I was just like, oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean done? They're like, do you want to come to Fort Knox and do this full time? I was like, if you can get group to allow this, I guess, then yes, I'll be, I will start clearing right out. Okay. Now Ford Knox today is basically the HRC. So, you know, there is nobody here. I was going to say, so, <laughs> I mean, what are you assigned to? What unit? So I fall under USAREC. Um, really? It's a, okay. That makes sense. I try to think of like brigade level. It's Maybe. a marketing engagement brigade. Okay. And then we are the community outreach program. So it's us, the band. Not like the army band, but it's like a, a hip band, if you will, like yeah, yeah. for today's music, and yeah. then the CrossFit Strongman team. Okay, so you know, again, back in the day, they used to just have a van that went all around, and you know, kids would walk through the van, you know, see all the technology, and you know, see videos and those types of things. So you, that was about all I think of the unit that you're describing. Probably uh, was AMU, at that time frame. AMU yeah. as well, Golden oh, Knights. Okay. So yeah, pretty much like they would just take their little tabletop yeah. and go hang out and be like, hey, we're part of this cool unit. Yeah. Look what we can do. We're in the army. Yeah, wow. You're you're in that and receiving E6 pay. Seven. E I'm a seven. E seven pay. Yeah, doing I'm a, this. I, I did I did lose a lot of money leaving group. Well, yeah. I mean, all all that money that I used to get for being a cool cool <laughs> SF guy, yeah, that's gone. Um <laughs> that was a lifestyle change in itself. Yeah. I, I bet. Uh, uh, yeah, so I lost all that. But yeah, I'm getting paid you know, active duty E7 pay to travel around and play video games and pretty much portray the Army in a positive light. Yeah. Now, is this something that you get to keep your current MOS? Um, yeah, so it's considered a broadening assignment. So okay. you maintain your original MOS. So I'm surrounded by everyone, right? I got infantry guys. I got a couple of medics. I got a bunch of IT wizards. Yeah. I got like three MPs. Okay. Like it's every walks of life came together. I was like, people were expecting a bunch of like super nerdy MOSs, but I got infantry guys right next to me. Yeah. So I was, I was happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different, different group of people that I'm not used to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. So let's rewind then. Where was it that you initially came in the military from? Um, so born and raised in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, did some stuff in high school. When Halo 3 came out, I was not good at it. Uh, my dad's like, hey, go to college or get out. And I was like, well, I don't really do the educational thing very well. So I just joined the Army. Yeah. Um, 18X? I, I was 11X. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know crap about the Army. Yeah. I was like, I think I, I – Rambo, I got this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was just an airborne infantry contract. Got offered RIP and basic. So I was like, what's a Ranger? Let's let's do that. I had no idea. Looking back at it, I'm the luckiest person as my career choices have gone. Um, yeah, I did that. 
went up to Lewis to 275, did a couple deployments there. Was going to try to do another step, and I got told I should either stay in regiment for a while or go SF for a couple years. And I was like, I was trying to base it off the time. I was like, SF's a much shorter time. Yeah. I didn't know there was a Q course. I didn't know any of that. So Really? You SF, didn't even know any of that at that time frame? Nothing. Because regiment's very, I'm not going to say closed-minded, but we focus on that one thing, right? Sure. Like, that's all That's all you do. Yeah. So I didn't know what a Green Beret was, what Special Forces was. I was like, I'm an athlete. I'll pass. It's the Army. Let's do it. Yeah, I, that was a that was a waterfall of knowledge that I had to learn there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. What time? What year was that? Um, I went to selection in 2011, okay. I believe. Graduated the course probably like mid 13. Yeah. And then went to yeah fifth group. Okay. So you were a combo guy. Yep, 18 Echo. Speaking Arabic. Hey, honestly, I even though I didn't mean to go to group, I got real comfortable there. It was, I mean, it was a, it was a fun job. It was fast pace, and uh, I completely forgot about the other step I was going to take, and just, just kept deploying, kept training. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time frame, you pretty much got back into a comfort level, right? So, yeah. you know, you're on an ODA, probably had multiple deployments at that time frame. You spent a couple years there for sure. Yeah, I ended up doing six six tours total, and then the ungodly amount of training events. Yeah, <laughs> I was already I was already gone all the time, so I was like, you know what, this works for me. I, I learned a good balance. But that's where you got the opportunity, I guess, to go through the dog handling side. Yeah. So when my time came up to go to SWIC for my instructor time, when I did my short term goals, long term goals, my initial counseling and group. Right. I was like, I'd love to be a handler. That's always been something that's been interesting to me since the regiment and i guess the summer major remembered that crazy enough like four years later and he's like hey we got a spot in the kennels if you want to go be a handler i was like absolutely instead of going to slick and not deploying i still got an opportunity to get attached to teams to deploy now josh um, you know that so many uh kids nowadays probably reach out to you and me both to ask the question about how do you become a handler especially within sf well a lot of people don't know what to think Right. It's the same thing as range regiment. They're like, wait, you can be a handler or a sniper. Right. Like they don't they don't get it. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a senior position. Um, it's volunteer. If there's a slot, there's a slot and you do your little resume, do your walk over there, and if they like you, then you go. Um a lot of people think it's an MOS at the same time. They think you're a thirty one kilo or an MP. I'm like, Nope, you're it's just a like like I'm doing now, it's just a broadening assignment inside a group. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that training. That's probably the most rewarding thing I've done in the military. Um, he's upstairs in his kennel right now. When he comes out here, he destroys everything in the room. Um, <laughs> yeah, the level of responsibility that you have, cause it's just you and your dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did like kennel training together, the 12 of us, but a lot of it's on you. It's on you and your dog. You make your time. Then you deploy. You're like, you're a dog handler, but also I'm still an 18 echo, a senior echo at that. So I had to help and have to, but you can't just sit there and watch echoes who need help and you can't just not help them. Right. So you're doing that. Then you're dealing with your, your dog. Who's it's like deploying with a three-year-old who can eat people. Yeah. It's, it's a hassle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I bet it is. But I mean, so it's an extra responsibility. You've got to maintain the dog yourself, the whole bit. Whereas everybody else is just worrying about their job, their weapons, the mission set that they have. So, um, you know, when, when it comes to you guys and the dog handlers and stuff, 
what is it that separates you guys, let's say, from the regular ODA? Or what is it? You said it's, a, it's an extra component of it, but how are dog handlers maybe used within special forces? Um, I mean, it's just a, it's a tool that teams can request, right? Um, not everybody wants a dog, but if you're going somewhere that has heavy ID traffic or whatever's going on, like you want a dog. Yeah. It, it's a, it's just an extra safety measure that won't cost our lives. Yeah. Now, so he's with you, you said right now. So you get a chance to keep him even while you're on this assignment. Yeah. So we get, they do as much time as you do in the kennels. So you get first dibs on retiring him. Um, if you don't want him for some reason, then he'll go to a police force somewhere and keep doing his job. Okay. So he's basically semi-retired. If you go back into an ODA, he's not going with them. Correct. Yeah, he's he's completely retired. Okay. He's he's living his best life up there. Yeah. <laughs> in his nice kennel with his with his blankets that he's probably destroying. Honestly. <laughs> he Yeah. He's a he's an absolute monster. Yeah. How old is he? Uh he's five, five and a half. Okay. So how much of that time did you spend with him from the time he's about a year old or so? Yeah, I got him at thirteen months. Okay. Yeah. Just a velociraptor of a dog just eating everything within sight. Yeah. <laughs> like we all we all get our dogs. And this big grass circle. And I look to the left. I'm like, this guy's rolling on the ground with his dog. I look to the right. Like, this guy and his dog are, like, staring at each other. And my dog is just eating the leash, just trying to eat me. I'm like, this is this is great. <laughs> so, so I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I got the Tasmanian devil of a dog. Yeah. He's a sweetheart, but he, he was a lot to handle at the beginning. Yeah. Sounds like it. So you said you came in, you ended up going from Ranger Bat over to SF, and you spent some time as a dog handler and stuff. So what were some of the other schools that you ended up picking up along the way if you were a dog handler? So I didn't go to any schools once I was a handler. Okay. Being being away from your dog for anything over four weeks, it just it's just not – that bond kind of deteriorates a little bit. Yeah. So before I went handler, what did I do? I did a lot of – echo stuff a lot of it stuff um and then i got a chance for sniper school did that which i've never been a long gun guy um i, mean, I love to shoot but i've never really put that much effort into it so yeah. that's probably i learned so much from that like that was fun um a lot of your pre-deployment cqb stuff that you have to do sure what else i did nothing <laughs> like all. halo or you know. yeah so halo was not now it's like when you graduate the course, everyone goes to Halo. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was like, that's cool. Uh, when I went through, it was like the top two of the class got it. And then when you got to group, if you went to a Halo team, you go. Um, was it on a Halo team? I said absolutely not to dive because that looks awful. Um, yeah, I was just on a normal team. Never got, never went to Halo. I'm actually probably going to Halo now that I'm here. Really? Strange, strangely enough, yeah. Um, Yusasak kind of was like, hey – we want to do some stuff, but we need you to be Halo. Can you can you take some time? I was like, yes, yes, I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can take all the time you need. Let's yeah, do this. yeah. Now that you don't have the dog, is not active duty. Now that you can, you can pretty much pretty free. So wh where's the uh, the school out that you'd end up going to? Arizona. Uh, yeah, Yuma. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, looking forward, looking forward to that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, no lie. So of course, I've seen pictures though with the dog with you guys on site. So do you bring him like a handler into some of the stuff that you end up doing for Userec or that was a, that was something that wasn't even esports related. Um, when I was at group, 
Phil, some recruiting battalion in Philadelphia had a 05 that was an SF guy. Okay. From fifth group, and he he reached out to fifth group saying, "Hey, I want four SF soldiers to come to this Philadelphia Wizard World Comic Con. Um, I want two handlers and two other guys, two guys from the SIF. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, absolutely. Like I'm, I can do that. That was before I had traveled to do any of the esports stuff. So we walked, we drove to Philly, full kit, guns, all everything you could think of, and we literally just walked around. People thought we were cosplaying. They're like, "Oh, who are you?" I'm like, "I'm myself." What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Oh, that gun's real." I'm like, "Yes." And I'm like, "And he actually eats people." They're like, they went from like petting him to like, "Oh my god, yeah, absolutely not." <laughs> um, and I guess when they they ran the numbers from the previous year to that year, it was like an 800 percent growth. Oh, and like and like yeah. interaction just because you put a bunch of cool guys in a room everyone's like wait who are these guys this is insane yeah yeah we had a similar type of event one time i remember bringing in some apaches um and some you know back then blackhawk stuff like that and it, it just you know landed them right out there in the school parking lot everybody was just all over that you know that was it, huge that's yeah. what we do now with the esports is we have that giant semi truck that yeah. basically just drives around to high schools and colleges parks it and then we just invite everybody to come hang out and pick, like learn about the army and then learn about the esports program. So give me an idea of what esports basically. What's the day in the life of you? So I actually play. I probably play less video games now than I did before I came to this program. Um, we're on the road a lot, and then not only that, we're the ones setting up like the booth space at these events. So we have to create the booth space at Knox here, build it so we can make sure we know what we're doing, pack it up and ship it, and then. Between events, uh, 6.30 PT, the first sergeant came from the CrossFit team. So he kind of, you know, gives the – he he changes it a little bit because our guys are obviously a little bit weaker than what he's used to. Um, yeah, so PT, 6.30, do the CrossFit or whatever we're doing that's bettering toward the, uh, the new PT test. And then 9 o'clock work call, playing video games. Like, that's it. You, as long as you're – I think we Tuesday or Thursday is our admin day. So like whatever you have to do, dental, all your silly annual army things. But other than that, it's about nine to four, just grinding away at video games, whatever your game is. Okay. So you're, you're out there. Is there an expectation that you're competing against other players? So the, uh, I mean, in other words, is it going to be where does the army get represented at one of these teams where back in the day, you, you know, you saw people making three to $5 million or at least today. So it was, it was supposed to be a community outreach program at okay. the inception. I don't think we we're expecting the level of competitive players that are just hiding on their barracks rooms. We have like top percent players on this team. Um, just this past weekend, our two of our apex players won the entire event. Like everyone was like, Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're the army, but also we're beating you and we're beating everybody. So how does that work then as far as the winnings? That's all legals, like their little weird legal review. Everything goes under some review. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. I'm just a player, (laughs) (laughs) which is, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I'm an E7, yeah, I'm an SF guy, but I'm not in that command structure at all. Yeah. So it's like, if they need me to like make things happen in the gray area type stuff, like, yeah, I can do it, but I don't have to worry about any of it. Okay, so here's all above me. So I, I'm, you know, here I am listening to this whole thing. When I think of Call of Duty, you know, I think of the the kids who are gamers today that go out there and play that game. But then when it comes to real life, there's a big difference. So how 
how does the game differ from the reality and how is it that you're able to do you see any comparisons or is there something there that um really is something you can take away from so the first event i went to in salt lake uh joint chief of staff came out yeah and he's like what is this you know like he's heard about it but he doesn't really didn't really understand it and the only analogy i could think of i was like all right my last trip um i had two radios i had an atac phone I had multiple levels of command talking to me at the same time. I had a dog. I had a gun. I had all this going on at the same time. I was like, you couldn't do this. If you like what you're asking me to do, you couldn't personally do. And I was like, oh, your son, probably 13 years old, is probably in his in his bedroom playing Fortnite, texting all of his friends, probably getting yelled at by mom, also yelling back. He's doing all these multitasking things. Like if you want someone who can do what we're doing to the capability that is just so used to multitasking and under this pressure, like I'd say there's definitely a takeaway from it. I wouldn't say anything in the game is going to be comparable. Like that, I get that said a lot to like, Oh, because you're a green beret, do you think you're better at video games? Right. I'll say no minus. There's a lot of critical thinking and high level, like IQ plays that go into competitive gaming. And what you guys don't see is off the screen. You're either watching other people's bots, like their be like their gameplay you're spending hours studying maps, creating strategies. Like there's so much discipline that goes into it that a lot of people don't, don't have, or don't realize. So I, I would definitely say there's a good takeaway from that. Yeah. I've not played the game too much. And um, I didn't know that there was all that that goes into it. Of course, you know, it, it definitely, for me, it starts bothering me. I don't know. I have some kind of sensory thing that if I start watching it too much, I start getting a little nauseous. Fortnite? So, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> call of duty. Yeah. Call of duty. It, it, it's a sensory overload. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And then you think about that and you think about these kids reaction times and not just the reaction times, but their ability to outsmart that person or if they're down, figure out a way to become better. It, it's hard for me to compete. Like these kids are so freaking good. Yeah. And the reaction times a lot better than mine. Are, are you in there now? Like, uh, I, I guess more in a competitive level where you signed in going back to that, what we were just talking about a minute ago, or I mean, are you logging in and actually playing up against other individuals? I am. Yeah. So okay. at this last weekend I played, I think 250 matches of just two V two. I lost two or three for the entire weekend. 250 matches. Yep. How long so What's the, the duration? Uh, it's first to four points of the win. So it could be anywhere from like five to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and I'm talking like I'm just sitting in a chair like this with my partner and there's just a line wrapped around the entire booth. They're like, let's go beat the army guys at the game that they already play. And they're like, oh, you guys are actually extremely good. I was like, yeah, we're not just going to put anyone down here and let you beat us. <laughs> like if we're, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right and be better than you. Well, I would hope so, because I mean, it just wouldn't. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would come across very well, right? You know exactly. Yeah. Oh, the army has a, a team, but they're awful. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> wouldn't be any good. That would be good at all, especially for recruiting. I mean, the trials were—that's the biggest attrition rate ever. There was ten or eleven thousand soldiers who tried out. Um, sixteen people do it full time. Eleven thousand people tried out. Yeah, for individual games, sixteen but, guys do it full time. And you're one of those sixteen. Wow. Yeah, that um, that's huge. I'm not actually I didn't even make the Call of Duty the our Call of Duty team. I was the last person cut before the actual like the team was formed. Which I'm still a little little butthurt about. <laughs> um like I'm really good at it, but like they're they're better. Yeah. Which sucks. But if they ever have any army NCOS schools that like they can't go to an event, 
then I get to like run in there and be that sub. Yeah. So I mean, this is like a three-year enlistment or a three-year assignment type of thing, or yeah, okay. it's supposed to be a three-year broadening assignment. Yeah. yeah. So then you're going to be going back to the ODA. I have no idea. So um, your needs of the army at that point, or what's it? I kind of want to try to take the first arm spot. Yeah. Is my overall goal. It's. I'm not sure if I'll be operational anymore. Um, I've done a lot of interviews. There's been a lot of videos, like hometown, full name, full facial, everything. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. uh, I still have to talk to you to talk about that, kind of figure out where I'm going to go. Maybe I could go do it on that side of the fence doing this. Right. Or if I can stay in use or I can do this, I'm really good at what I do. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. I'm, I'm almost more of a influencer. I hate using that term, but that's kind of what it's coming to. I have a weird mixture of people enjoy my personality, plus the gameplay is is skilled. How many people come up to you today and go, how do I become you? Yeah, so, all I mean, of them. So, so, so take me through what's the pipeline to, be, uh, to do that. I mean, it's not – so when you say 11,000, are you talking about you have to have been in the military, serve for a period of time, yada, 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 or a certain rank, or is yeah, it – Yeah, so there's, there's no prereqs. Really? I mean, you have to be you have to be active duty or reserve. Um, we have a. Do you know what Discord is? Mm, no. So I didn't either because I'm a console person. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like a forum that everyone in the gaming world uses. You can do voice chats, you can do video chats, you can do sub forums, all kinds of stuff. So the army has one for the esports. It's uh, Discord.gg/usarmyesports. You go in there and it's like. It's so detailed. It's like you pick reg regular army, national guard, reserve, civilian. It's open to everyone. Then you pick the games you like, and it opens up forums for everything you just chose. Then there's a game manager for everything, and he'll post in the announcements tab like, "Hey, we're doing tryouts at this time." Really, it, right now it's more of a. You, it's a huge community, so you can get in there. You can play with civilians. You can play with anybody who's same passion as you. But then when tryouts come, it's like, yeah, well now it's time to be better than all of you. Um. I'd say 99% of the people on the team aren't at Knox. Uh, they're at large doing it on their own time. But if an event shows up, we hit up their chain of command saying, hey, your soldier is part of this program. We would like to send him to an event. Here's the, you know, their request for orders. Please let him come. And then they usually let him come, honestly. This is mind-blowing to me. I I've, mean got, I've had a first sergeant email me. like He's like, hey, I saw some traffic between my soldier. I want to know if this is real. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's real. I was like, do you... and he's like, how do I know who I'm talking to? I was like, I'll FaceTime you right now so you can see me at work in uniform so you know I'm a real person requesting your soldier to play Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, like our Call of Duty team isn't here at Knox. They're all – one guy's in Germany. Like they're all over the place. And they're all going to L.A. this weekend to compete. Okay, so these, these team members that you're referring to, they're the other 15 guys? or are they No, these guys are the ones that are at large, not at Fort Knox. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And so how many of them, how many are out there that you guys have as oh. part of a pool? Oh, God. There's a lot. A lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a pro team and then like a feeder team. And those usually, depending on the game, range from four to seven per team. Yeah. But you kind of have to because you want to go to SLC, ALC, stuff like that. Like, we can't fight that. Like right. You're going, yeah. so we we try to keep it like a revolving door, so we can always have teams filled. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, with you being, you know, 
SF that you, there's certain image or there's a, a way in which you guys want to maintain yourselves. As you said, of course, you've got to take, pass a new PT test and everything, but you're also p- portraying an image out there to the general public. You're also, you're still wearing, I guess, the green beret. Um, I am. Well, you're, yeah, yeah. Because you're, yeah. So, I mean, there's an image and stuff that's uh, that you've got to kind of go along with that. So this is not just, I mean, it's just like any other job in the military. Exactly. And that was, that's the hardest part about these tryouts is like, you might be the God's gift at a video game, but if you're out here like on Saturday, like, oh, I hate my job. I hate the army. Yeah. I, I can't. And everyone, every gamer now pretty much streams. So I can go back and watch your last three months of footage. And I'm like, I can't use you because you're toxic. Right. So right. either clean, clean your act up and play video games for the army or be a child. Gotcha. That's all I got for you. What's the rank of the individuals that are there? I mean, you're E7. What's the average? So the NCYC or general manager, he's a E7 MP. And then we actually have another E7 another E who's in charge of the semi-truck that drives around. Okay. Um, our platoon sergeant of sorts is an E6. He's a 79 Romeo, so he's a full, full-time yeah. recruiter. Huge gamer. He just happened to be a recruiter. Um, let's see. I think there's two E5s. They're both medics. And then the rest of them are all specialists and below. So you've got a platoon sergeant that you outrank. Correct. He's more of like the op side. Think of like the like the B team dad. Right. He just kind of handles all the ops. Um, but not NCOER stuff. Correct. Okay. Well, he does for his soldiers. For like all the other guys below him. Yes. Ah, I got you. Mine, mine's done by the first sergeant. Okay. Um, I think. Yeah. So how, I hope. <laughs> how long have you been doing this? You said like a, I got there in January. Oh, January this year. Yeah. Like so a I've, couple been, months. I've been, I was that at large guy that when I wasn't training or deployed, they're like, Hey, you want to go to this event? I was like, absolutely. I was like, let me ask fifth group. When I, when I saw that you, the USAREC thing, I don't know why I was automatically assuming that, you know, at that point, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about, uh, that you were going 79 Romeo. So oh, now yeah. it's all making no. sense now. Okay. Yeah. So whenever I, when I first heard about it, I was like, guys, I'm not a recruiter. Yeah. They're like, we don't want recruiters. We want gamers who can intelligently speak about the army and about whatever their, whatever their job is. And I was like, oh, great. Because I, I am not a recruiter. I don't understand that side of the world at all. When we go to these events, we contact the local recruiting battalions. Yeah. And they, like, we invite them to our event. We're like, hey, if you guys want to come help out. We know it's the weekend, but it, it'll be really beneficial for you guys. A lot of great leads. Yeah, well, a lot of is. leads, I should say. It it really well the demographic. It's actually a lot of qualified leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we do the initial talk. You know, like we do the we can relate. We can talk video games all day. And then if someone asks me a question that I obviously can't answer about recruiting, I'm like, Have you met this guy? Um, we don't what let them wear uniforms because that literally terrifies people. Um, they wear like. 5'11 pants, like the exhibitor uniform. Right. I mean, it, it's all regular army star. Like you could tell they're in the army, but like you could tell they're not there for the event. They're, they're not nerds. They're not gamers. They, they can't talk about anything about it, but they can yeah. talk recruiting. So you're not wearing your uniform as well. I'm wearing, so the esports team has a, a uniform. Yes. That it's a Jersey with our logo on it. And then the army logo, like as a patch with our rank and our, gamer tag if you will on the back um it's gone all the way up through army branding so it is a it is our army uniform that's crazy we still wear ocps every now and then 
I mean, if we leave our esports building and go up to Battalion, we're always in OCPs, but pretty much we're always in that jersey and joggers and tennis shoes. How strange is this for you to to end up here? Yeah, it's it's very strange. I mean, the people I'm surrounded by is not people I've hung out with for the last you know twelve years of my military career. Um, they're a lot younger, so I had to get used to that. But they're all they're all good kids. They got chosen because they're good people. It's like that's also a little different. I'm used to a much harder individual. I have to watch a lot of what I say now. Um, but it's definitely it's surreal. You know, like I, I wake up and I go play video games. Nate, tell me a job that you have to tell the kids to go home from work. Yeah. Like they get off at four, they'll stay until 10. Like we had one kid stay the night in the room. We're like, or in the, in the building. I was like, no, no, no you can't, you can't sleep here. Like you have to go home. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, well that's no fun. I was like, yeah, geez, go, go home. So the military's bought all of this equipment as well for you to be able to sit there and play the video game. So you've got like yep. all the state of the art stuff. They wanted us to have, if they wanted us to compete, they wanted us to be able to, they didn't want that to hold us back. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, another reason these guys like to stay at the office because the equipment's so nice. Um, I mean, it's much better than what I'm having here. Yeah. What benefits do you think that you're providing outside of recruiting to the, to the force? I mean, do you see that there are, you know, like when you think of movies and stuff like that, there's been a lot of Hollywood stuff that's gone on that has actually been tested by the military to see if it actually could work. And some things have really readily been adapted in the, in the combat, you know, situation, um, you know, obviously been tried and tested, but do you see any type of benefit that you guys are providing outside of the, the recruiting side of it from what you're learning and experiencing? Well, the thing about movies is you can't reach out and talk to that, that guy in the movie. I mean, we, we have a direct link to any of us that you want to ask questions or you want to come into when I'm streaming and ask anything about the military, I'll be there and I'll answer it. And then if I can't answer it, I'll be, I'll call a recruiter. I'm like, yo, get in my, get in my stream. This guy's got some questions that I don't know how to answer. Um, and then when we're going to these events, like guys see us play online, but then they're like, Hey, like we play with these guys and they can meet up with us. They could talk about the whole army story. We're, we're literally open books and people are starting to take advantage. Like they're, they're actually utilizing it, which I'll say that has everything above guys who are writing books or guys who are doing movies. Yeah. So, I mean, are you attached or assigned now to, <clears throat> to use direct? I'm assigned. That was, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. I thought I was going to be attached. No, uh, yeah, I'm 100% on Userec. I have the cool recruiting badge with all my tabs on it. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it looks, people, I get some weird looks here. Yeah. Because the only SF guys are at Branch, the HRC guys. So yeah. So there's me and my, I'm about to, they don't know this yet, but my Army jersey, I'm going to take the, the Army patch and lower it and then put my tabs on it. It's... I, I don't know if they're going to yell at me or not. I will say I've gotten more haircuts in the last three months than I've gotten in my military career. <laughs> I mean, like, I went to the PX. I was like, they, if I get a haircut from the PX, no one can say anything. Next day, I told you to get a haircut. I was like, sir, I, I did. I have the receipt. He goes, absolutely not. I was like, okay, gotcha. I got another haircut. <laughs> he's a he's a big 82nd guy, so he's used to seeing skin. Okay. I, was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not doing that. I called Eustace Locker. I was like, help me. Like, somebody help me here. Like, if you guys wanted an SF guy, let yeah. me be an SF guy. Don't make me look like everybody else. That takes away the individual part of it. Well, that's kind of the interesting thing with you and your MOS and, of course, your military background. How much is USASAC uh, actually you know, playing a role within this whole thing? Because I can honestly see that you're probably a unique individual as part of this team um, being 
your with your background. You know, you're yep. a recruiter not just for Userec, but you're definitely a recruiter for Usasaka as well, especially if you're wearing your OCPs. Correct. So that's a that was a big selling point to Sorb. I was like, yeah, we're we're doing a lot of talking to guys off the street who want to come in and just join the conventional army. But I get a chance to talk to all these recruiting battalions online. All these guys who play video games want to come see what a Green Beret is all about. So I've actually talked to a lot of guys and helped them through the process of going to going to RASP, going to SFAS. I was like, a lot of them just don't know about it or how to do it. Yeah. So as soon as they found a person they could talk to, it, it doesn't stop. So I'll, I like take screenshots and I send it to Sorb. I was like, look what I did for you. Right. Um, now they're getting me out to brag. Sometime next month, I'm going to basically go get my SF issue back and stop wearing OCPs. I'll be wearing cries again, thankfully. Yeah. And then start doing like content on that side of the thing. So yeah, I am part of USREC, but there's going to be a lot heavier use of sock push in the next couple of months. Yeah, that would totally make sense. I could, I could see you doing that. Um, but then they could also make it more of an attached position and make it to where, you know, they can put a new you in, in the future. Yeah. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my payback. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, Hey, look at all this stuff I can do for you. Give my money back. I don't. I don't know if the SF recruiting team is still part of uh, Userac and still wearing the the Userac patch with the Airborne. Uh, yeah. Are they? So you're not. Yeah, so are, did you get off of jump status, or are you still on jump status? I'm off of jump status. Oh, okay. The only thing that I maintain is my language. Wow. Because I, I annually go test out on it. Um. Yeah. So Sorb still falls under Userac at the highest level. They do. Yeah. Okay. They All still right. switch off though. They like they go back to their their lightning bolt in their tabs whenever they do the specific events. Or like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna BSF guys for real instead of that silly recruiting badge. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Like, <laughs> some, excuse they, me, someone threw me that badge, and I like took my knife and I was like, cut my cut my patch and put it on. I was like, I hate it. Yeah, the uh, Liberty Bell with the uh, the stars. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, awful. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that thing. Wore it for too many years, but pe- it made the people happy. Yeah. So I was like, get off my back. Here's your here's your patch. Here's my haircut. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to have people, you know, look at uh, your account and find you and stuff like that, because there's going to be a lot of people, especially from this episode, that's going to have questions about, you know, hey, how can can I do this? Obviously, they're going to listen to the episode and find some of those answers. But how can they find out more about you? What's your game name? Or is that something that you can put out there? What is it that you can? Yeah, do? I wish I had. Thought I had my shirt somewhere. It's Stratium. Uh, all social medias, every game I play. Spell that for those that are listening. S T R O T N I U M. Stratium. Okay. I was in seventh grade. I was in biology. I needed an Xbox name. I was looking at the periodic table. I was like Strontium. That why not? Idiot. <laughs> um, I swapped some letters because I didn't like how it sounded. And I've literally kept it. I get more questions about my stupid gamer tag than I do about anything. And the fact that you've had it all this time. So, and especially yeah. using it within the military, it wasn't something that you decided to go ahead and just change your name for the, what you're doing now. Yeah, no, I kept it. And it's funny because the guys I used to play with 10 to 15 years ago in the competitive world are all now in like management positions on these esports organizations. So I went to an event and someone's like, like, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you in. 12 years i'm like oh, i'm playing they're like how are you playing you're old I was like, thanks thanks <laughs> like they're all managing things and like they have their kids running around i'm like well i'm here with my kids i'm just also playing you also have apparel i do and i never thought i would see people running around wearing my shirt with my name on it yeah no lie it we just had this event 
in uh, Boston that I just got back from, and a bunch of my guys who have been around in my community for a while all bought plane tickets to come. They all just showed up and were wearing my shirts. I'm like, you guys, what are you guys doing here? So you got fan dudes now. It, it. I mean, they've been there. I've been streaming for about 10 to 12 months, and they've been there pretty much since the beginning. That's really cool. If, if you Have you heard of TwitchCon before? No. So it's the biggest, let's do content creating, streaming convention in the year. It's in San Diego. So basically all these big time streamers go to this event and all their communities go like, that's their chance to like hang out with your favorite streamer. It's weird. Like, like a comic con kind of thing. Yeah. And like, like do you have that cosplayer? Yeah. Do you want to go like take pictures and hang out? Like that's kind of what it is. Wow. And you're giving I out never, autographs and everything. Me? No, absolutely not. Oh. But people, but people do it. Yeah. Like people at the biggest, at the biggest level do it. And I never, I never understood it until one of my buddies was like, Hey, he works. He's a nurse. And he works at night. So between his rounds, he's like, man, I was tired. Opened up your stream. So when I'm sitting there at the office before I have to do my rounds again, I just have your stream going. So it honestly is a form of entertainment that I just didn't understand it. Like people are just, just watching that. Like some of them don't even watch you play. They just want to interact and like, just have conversations with you. That's just, just crazy. I, I, yeah, all of this is, I mean, all of this is mind blowing. I mean, the fact that you were doing this on the side and somebody was calling you up and doing it occasionally while, while you were in 18 echo is one thing, yep. you know, while you were in the conventional army or at least in Ranger bat, but now doing this for an actual living, the way you're describing this stuff is, um, I guess it kind of takes me back at a period of time where, you know, we did have people who were fighting within the Olympics, uh, people who trained for that all the time. There was guys that actually on your local base that even ran the gyms and did all those things. And that basically became their MOS. That's all they did the whole time. Look at look at Nate. Yeah. Look at Nate Weber out there. Olympic bobsled team. Yes. And he's wearing his, his bobsled uniform with his green beret. Right. So when, it, when all this started, I was like, Nate, I need to know like left and right limits because I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. And he... He honestly has been one of the biggest supporters and he helps me through. He opened a lot of these doors. Right. Like between like Tim Kennedy and Nate Weber, like they did all this before me. So I just needed to ask the right questions to figure out how to, how to complete it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a little bit of learning through this whole thing, even right now. I mean, you're still getting yeah. uncharted waters. Yeah. Being, being that first guy is great, but yeah. it's also when I go to these things, all eyes are on it. And especially being this army's like new, new feature. I mean, the amount of stars that are coming out to these events to see what this Army esports thing is is massive. Wow. That's... And I have I have PFCs and specialists talking to three four star generals. You know what I mean? So like you never know what you're gonna get from that PFC, but like they're killing it. Well, what what's interesting to me is that someone brought up a study here recently about um, that the younger generation has less bone density because of the fact that they sit around and play video games and not get out and actively ride their bike or climb hills or, you know, play in the woods and everything like, you know, our generation or generation before or whatever did. Exactly. So, I mean, I think if nothing else, there should be some studies at least that are going on with what is it that kids are doing and how is it that we can conform what we're doing in a combat setting that we can at least get the optimal um, benefits from that individual. You know, we can optimize what, how our equipment is, how we're utilizing yeah. it, how, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming that's part of why they're also interested, not just from a recruiting pipeline. Yeah, no, I agree. That. That's one of the biggest reasons. Was like, as soon as I got there, I was making sure. I was like, "You guys are, you're doing PT. Like, you guys are sitting in chairs for eight to fourteen hours a day." And they're like, "Why do we have to get up at six thirty? I was like, "We're the Army esports team. You're you're soldiers. Like, right. you're getting a chance to 
be the first thing that the army has done like this, like you're going to work out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. If I'm going to be here, you're going to work out. And our, our next door to us is the CrossFit strongman team. Like you don't really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, you want to talk about a difference, but like, we all did a big company thing one day that like, you have these, these Titans standing next to like my five foot three gamer kid. Yeah. And they're all like, they're looking at each other like, Ooh, CrossFit. And the other guy's like, Ooh, you play video games. I'm like, okay guys, like, yeah. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. But what about the endurance? Right. Let's see you run a little bit. <laughs> not, I can't talk. I'm not a runner. I'm uh, a terrible runner. I hear you. Same here. But CrossFit, yeah. Well, that's again, that's that other extreme uh, as yep. well. So, well, how is it that people can find you on um, social media, Instagram, those types of things? Is all the same branded name? Is it same as for your gamer? Yeah, it's all name? it's all okay. under Stradium. All socials. Okay. Um, well, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about your background. I found this all fascinating in the first place. I don't think I've met anybody uh, in my time of service or even from people I've talked to that were, you know, knew about what you were doing and, you know, your your roles and stuff that you guys have there within USAREC. And so I thought, well, hell, this would be a really cool show. There was there was a couple other 18 series guys who tried out for the team. I didn't make I, it. Didn't make it. But the fact that they're there. Like we're all, we all have our nerdisms in our own aspects, but like I couldn't figure out what their names were. I only got their, their gamer tags. So I was like, I'll find you guys because that's awesome. I want to know who they are. Um, yeah, everything's either found at that Discord for the U.S. Army Esports, and then they have the same socials across the board for everything, just U.S. Army Esports, and then mine. Yeah, mine's Tronium. All right. Sounds good, man. Again, appreciate it. No, man. Thanks for having me out here. This is awesome.